G'day, g'day, how you doing? I'm alright, thank you, how are you? Yeah, very good. Uh, glad to be back after a, a couple of weeks off. Yeah, stupid international football. I, I've really never seen the point of it. No, absolutely. Although, having said that, I'll be ridiculously overexcited when the World Cup comes. Uh, of course, we've had the uh, the controversy of Thierry Henry's handball. Thierry and Egypt rioting in the streets and uh, who else? Russia knocked out. So the excitement of the World Cup playoffs. Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, Arsenal, toujours les mêmes, toujours tricheur, same old Arsenal, always cheating. And that was rather more polite than uh, Terry Henry's Wikipedia page this week. <laughs> Absolutely, certainly was. And um, uh, yeah, I'm afraid that any Rankcast listeners under the age of 37 will not be allowed to watch that page because it's uh, so obscene, but uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> um, it was an absolutely blatant bit of cheating, but the whole kind of reaction to it has been absolutely ridiculous as far as I can tell. The, the call for a replay, is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life? That's, that's just never going to happen in a million years. And if it did, it would be a travesty. I, I agree. I, I, I think FIFA are right on this one. Um, for sure, let's have technology or whatever. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. Uh, but overturning results because a decision didn't go one side's way um, is uh, opening Pandora's box. We'll, we'll never finish a football game again. What about the penalty that Ireland got against Georgia in the uh, earlier in the qualifying phase? What about uh, potential goals that were offside or onside? Um, there was a really good shout for France to have a, a penalty in the first leg of that uh, game that had made on Henri's goal uh, irrelevant anyway so I, th- I think you know throughout the course of a qualifying campaign you're going to get some you're not going to get some of course this was a, a blatant bit of cheating but is it any worse than fouling somebody I, no, I'm not sure just, that it is it just looks worse doesn't it it looks worse because because of the kind of blatantness of it because of the celebrations afterwards because of the kind of incredibly hypocritical right right hold on hold on FIFA haven't said anything wait I'm not going to say anything oh FIFA have said there definitely won't be a replay oh there should be a replay there should be a replay you know it's just absolutely insane well there will be a replay uh, and Patrice Evers challenged the Irish lads to a, a replay <laughs> on PlayStation <laughs> absolutely yeah do you think John O'Shea's like not talking to Patrick Everett now uh, no, apparently it's all okay. There's been some uh, there's been some good ribbing in the uh, the United camp this week. I'm sure they get on fine. Anyway, the long and the short of it is Arsenal toujours les mêmes, toujours tricheurs. That's the long and the short of it. So Everton, uh, how much of that game did you see? Because my incredibly insightful analysis of that is entirely based on match of the day. <laughs> That's right. Um, I I I didn't see it live. I'm afraid. Um, I uh, I had to do uh, some you know pretty uh, you know crafty internet streaming to to catch quite a bit of it. But um, I thought I thought United were United were pretty good. So, you know, very controlled performance. Kept the ball, loads of possession. Created you know plenty of chances, especially in the first half. I mean Everton uh, came back into it and had a couple of good chances in the second period. Um, but a good performance, I think. Uh, ranks up there with United's trip to Wigan and the away game at Stoke. I mean, we've had very few you know, standout performances this season, but this was pretty comfortable. CSKA in Moscow, of course, away was another excellent performance, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I think the good thing about the match against Everton is United crazy chances. Uh, the yeah. bad thing is Mike Lowe missed a whole bunch of those, and he, he won't take much, uh, much credit from that. I thought 
overall his game was okay um, but he had a couple of really good chances and you'd have to say 18 year old Michael Owen would have put them away and he didn't and that's a real shame you just basically want to if Mike if Mark Lawrenson says something you want to find a way to disagree with it right because he singled Michael Owen out for praise and kind of pointed out how excellent his movement was and all that sort of thing do you think that's just because he was upset that he couldn't say nice things about Liverpool so he had to find the next Liverpool player to say nice things about? <laughs> well I, I uh, rate uh, Mark Lawrenson's analysis uh, uh, you know alongside the lowest of the low but <laughs> the, the, hey um Mark Lawrenson has predicted Liverpool will win on uh, his BBC predictions for the last 975 games. <laughs> about as long as they've gone without winning a game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Michael Owen, games like this, they always, he's, he's had, you say that 18-year-old Michael Owen would have put them away, but 20-year-old Michael Owen wouldn't have after a little layoff from injury. It's the kind of game he has to get himself back into form, isn't it? You know, it's how he plays himself back into it. Yeah, he's had 16 games this season, so I would hope he'd have played some you know, form by now. Uh, but then again, I, I do take his point, actually. He said this week that um, four games in 16 games doesn't look good, but actually, if you look at it in terms of minutes on the pitch, it's a, it's a goal every game and a half, which does look you know, pretty good indeed. So that's what Owen's about. Even when he, he doesn't play well and he does miss chances, he scores enough that his one goal in two uh, will be the case at the end of the season. He'll probably play about 30 games in terms of minutes and he'll get 15 goals. And that's what we got out of Carlos Tevez last season. And uh, that's a perfectly good return from a freebie player. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it was good to see. He, he makes a lot of effort as well, which is, you know, I, I don't know. I thought he, it was a shame he missed all those chances. We didn't have a terrible game from the limited am- amount that I saw. Someone no. Who had a, someone who looked like they had an absolutely fantastic game was Manchester United's most important midfielder, Mr. Darren Fletcher Esquire. United's next captain. Um, I mean, I've been slightly cheeky with a piece on the, the website this, this week, but uh, he's... He's playing out of his skin. Uh, he's uh, in great form. He's he's leading the way on the pitch. Uh, he's Scotland's captain, with um, Gary Neville uh, and Ryan Giggs, you know, due to retire. Maybe not next. They'll probably each get another deal, but it's not long away. And Rio Ferdinand seemingly you know, perpetually injured. He's a good choice for for the next captain of United. I mean, you wouldn't bet against it. Well, to me, it's not. I mean. Uh all joking I know like that Darren Fletcher has this leftover comedy um, aura because of because of all the kind of mockery he took earlier in his career but to me it's not even like a question of course Darren Fletcher's Man United's next captain in fact okay they, the, it currently stands at 217 votes for yes and only 35 votes for no and there's also a, a piece on United run written not by you I have to say Ed um, called uh, is Lee Catamon the new Roy Keane no he's not Darren Fletcher is the new Roy Keane yeah right actually, actually I think Catamon's a decent player um, whether he's uh, United class is, is another question but um, yeah right I mean Fletcher's come out of the shadows I, I, I wonder when uh, Hargreaves is fit and of course we saw him training this week which you know with the first team and he's been held back for quite a while um I, I wonder what will happen there. I mean, who, at the moment, it looks like Michael Carrick's the one at most risk. Um, and we'll just see how good Hargreaves is. I mean, Hargreaves of of a couple of years ago uh, is still better than Darren Fletcher. But Fletcher's progressed so much that his place in the team seems certain. Edward, no one is better than Darren Fletcher. 
<laughs> Darren Fletcher, football genius, as they uh, said. Darren on the... Fletcher, number one on my team sheet in a world eleven at the moment. Darren Fletcher is. <laughs> well, why Actually, not? No, sorry, sorry. Number two after Berbatov, uh, who uh, has just been superb again. I I have to say I get quite frustrated with the media commentary about Dimitar Berbatov. I I, I did a, a, a mini interview with the Daily Post. It's a North Wales. Um, uh, newspaper daily newspaper hey, this week. Listen, you're going to be leaving the rank cast for the big time of the North Welsh media mafia. That's um, that's not quite what I was thinking. Although uh, you know, Gavin and Stacey and uh, yeah. hey, that's South Wales. <laughs> yeah, pff, Wales, North, South. Gotta be careful, so, man. Sorry, listeners. Um, anyway, so yeah, I I, I mentioned that because I think he's been I think he's been really good this season and. Of course, he's got a couple against Malta in midweek to become uh, Bulgaria's uh, leading scorer of all time. Uh, has an awesome international record. Um, and I think he's been great for United. He's he's already got more goals per game than last season. Quite significantly more. And I, I think he'll be a really important player for us this season. It, it, yeah, it's going... I mean, I, absolutely. I, I think although United's season as a whole is, is still... I mean, what kind of season it will be is very much in question. But I think Berbatov, Berbatov's performances have already been a bit of a revelation. And I, I long may it continue, I say. But so, Darren, Darren Fletcher, I mean, how do you really... I mean, in all seriousness, how good do you think he is at the moment? Oh, well, he, he's playing out of his skin. I mean, he's playing better than his talent dictates. Um, let, let's be clear. He, he is not in the world's sort of top 50 players in terms of talent. In terms of application, he's doing absolutely everything he needs. Now, the one thing I'd say, if, if it would be unfair to compare him to Roy Keane, because Roy Keane, at his very peak, was two players in one. He was a great attacking player and he was a great defending player. And Darren Fletcher isn't that just yet. Although, his goal against Everton was you know, superb. If he, if he can carry on this, and I think he's got something like three or four goals this season, if he can carry on that, get ten goals this season, then we can talk about him in, in uh, terms of... Uh, being Roy Keane's proper successor. And the thing about that goal, uh, I, was, I was thinking about this, actually. Um, it, Ryan Barbell scored an incredible goal in Liverpool's eventually uh, ill-fated game against Lyon. And Fletcher's goal was absolutely magnificent. But there's something about those goals that, abs- that, you know, completely fly into the top corner and just couldn't have been better placed. We think, yeah, how many of them do you have to hit to get one that flies exactly into the top corner, you know, how much of it is just okay? That, that's what you're kind of going for every time, but you maybe strike that one in kind of fifteen times you try or whatever, because it's not much of a difference. Like where your foot is on the ball is not that different between that flying into the top corner and kind of flying into the back of Rosette. That's why it doesn't happen very often. Dif- difficult technique. I mean, he did it superbly. So, um, of, co- of course, uh, he might not play against uh, Besiktas tomorrow, and, and Dimitar Berbatov almost certainly won't, um, as we uh, we spoke about him earlier. Uh, probably Wayne Rooney will be rested uh, w- without John O'Shea and Johnny Evans, by the looks of it, as alongside um, Nemanja Vidic. Uh, it doesn't look like he'll be fit. He may be. Uh, Rio Ferdinand's definitely out. So there's a whole host of players out tomorrow and a bunch of kids will play. Yeah, which is, you know, I mean, it's kind of exciting. I, I wonder whether he'll give Michael Owen more minutes or whether the fact that he played against Everton um, will mean he's less likely to play Michael Owen. That's, that's an interesting question. It's, I mean, I, I, listen, I'm sorry for being a bit out of touch, but but 
do we need any points at all out of this? Are we going to win that group anyway? Um, no, no, no. We need a win to confirm uh, us as group winners. Um, we have already qualified, uh, but a couple of defeats and, and could end up second. H- having said that, if you look at the other groups, um, there's some pretty big names look like they might finish second. Uh, you know, yeah. Barcelona, Barcelona being one of those, they had a... a They've got a, um, a pretty good uh, result in the other match in their group today. But um, uh, you know, I, I'm sure Ferguson want to send a team out that wins. I mean, Besiktas have won six on the trot now, so they're in good form. And there is, of course, a chance that if we win the group, we'll end up being drawn against Uniria Urzicheni. I can't even. I literally almost can't even say the name of that team. Try they're chanting that from the terraces. <laughs> they're currently second in Group G. Um, yeah, AC Milan or Madrid, one of them's going to finish second, aren't they? Possibly Madrid, from if it goes to form. Uh, Juventus are behind Bordeaux. I don't know. I don't really know even know who you'd rather play in that group out of Juventus and Bordeaux because Bordeaux are kind of looking okay under uh, Eric Cantona's pick to be the next France manager, Laurent Blanc. I, I noticed he said that, but then again, his analysis of Ramon Dominic is, is the one that uh, French football fans have been giving for about four years now. Yeah, uh, um, I I think we talked about this the other week, but clearly the worst manager in world football, Ramon Dominic. There you go. He's going to keep his job, uh, thanks to a massive bit of fortune. Um, coming, coming back to the point about the game, I, I think Owen will play, and I think he'll play up front with Federico Machado, and, and Danny Welbeck will pro- probably play in one of the wide positions alongside Gabriel Obertan, and we'll see Park Ji-sung on the bench. Um, that's my guess. I'm not sure Park will start, because uh, he's had 70 minutes in about three months or something. Yeah, it'd be good to have him back in the squad, won't it? It will. I mean, he adds he adds some more depth. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot of wide players at United. Um, there's question mark over the quality of some of them, but uh, there's, there's certainly numbers there. Yeah, Nani had a good game for Portugal against Bosnia the other week. Which he is... always has a good game for Portugal. <laughs> right. He really does. He really uh, does. It's quite frustrating, and he almost never has a good game for United. He's a strange player. I mean, we we've talked about him before, but I I, I, I don't know. Maybe one day he'll come good. Who knows? So, Ed, you uh, published an article on United Rant the other week. Um, I I was just about to say who it was written by, but I've realised I, I can't see it. It's dropped off the front page. The article was called R.I.P. Paul Scholes, and uh, there were a few complaints in the comments feed. Um, you used quite choice language when I said I wanted to talk about this. Because um, I have to say, when it came up in my blog lines uh, feed, I did freeze for a moment. And I, I thought, oh my God, Paul Scholes is dead. So just just so you know, that did happen to a real person, not just a crazy person from the internet. I actually thought that Paul Scholes was 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 dead, and I'd found out from United rant. Yeah, that was Dan Bowman, um, who I thought his piece was excellent. Uh, and I, I take the point about the headline. A few people did freeze, and I got quite a lot of emails and uh, a lot of comments that I couldn't publish because of the coarse nature of uh, their commentary <laughs> um, that, uh, that that said something to that effect that they were they they were quite startled when they saw the headline. Of course, it was a metaphor. It's you know the death of Paul Scholes' career, and uh, maybe it was a little unfortunate. It came in the week of uh, Robert Inker's death, uh, for real, of course. Um, having yeah. said that, I, d- I don't think it was disrespectful. It, it wasn't about Inker or any of the other six active and playing 
um, footballers who died in the past year. Uh, it was simply uh, about Paul Scholes' career himself, and I thought it was a well-argued piece. I agree. Could next time, please just call it R.I.P. Paul Scholes' career. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and and talking about the death of football, Liverpool <laughs> in the Premier League, Champions League. <laughs> Under 18s got thrashed by United this week, I might add, even without Ravel Morrison. Um, currently, as we speak, we are recording this with uh, the Scousers 1 0 up in Hungary. Um, and What's yeah, the score in the other game? That's the key, isn't that, it? That's the key. Uh, we're, we've got our fingers crossed here that uh, by the time we publish this podcast, uh, the Scousers are out. Uh, you know, it'll be their just desserts. Uh, but generally speaking, they're rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, and I don't quite understand exactly why they're rubbish. Um, I, I watched the, the Liverpool-Man City game and found myself in that strange position you do of, like, you're watching a football match and I really don't know who I want to win this game. I don't really want anyone to win this game. I don't really know why I'm watching this game. Um, but Rafael Benitez is just an absolute parody of himself. Why Why isn't he playing... You see, Ben Ayun is a fabulous little player, isn't he? Am I crazy? Do I not see something that he sees? He only plays him when other people get injured. And I heard somebody on uh, the Guardian Football podcast talking about it's because Ben Ayun is a creative player and Benitez does not know exactly what he's going to do and he can't handle the fact that he doesn't know exactly what he's going to do. I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, he um, he's taken Dirk Coit, who had a great scoring record in Dutch football, Dutch football, mind you, and uh, turned him into one of the world's most hard-working but least effective right-wingers. Yeah, the the poor man's Carlos Tevez. <laughs> um, Ouch. <laughs> um, and uh, th- yes, they they just look. They've got some very good players in that side, though. I think they're really suffering from. Uh, Jamie Carragher's uh, career being definitely past its peak as well. It's... Well past its peak. Actually, they've got quite a few players who are just mediocre. I, I think their midfield is pretty rubbish at the moment. And and then, look, there's there's no secrets here. Liverpool just aren't a very good side, and they've had a lot of bad results because um, they're just not a good they're just not a good side. And and uh, Benitez being Benitez um, has reverted to type and is playing some you know, extremely defensive football, hoping that they'll fight their way through and they're not managing to do it. I would suggest if they actually went out and tried to attacking some teams, they might win some games. I mean, they got pretty fortunate against United. Um, yeah, caught United on a very off day, but I think that is not the truth of Liverpool's season. Um, well, and at, at the moment, they're under threat from Man City, Tottenham and Aston Villa for, for the fourth place. They might not even make the UEFA Cup at this rate. I mean, here on the 24th of November 2009, will you predict what position Liverpool will finish in the league this season? I think they'll finish fifth. And you just, you just, you're just hoping that wishing makes it so, aren't you? That's right. I, actually, before the season started, I think I predicted fourth place, or was it third? One of the two. You can, you can look on the United rant. They're all there to be seen. But yeah, they've just been really bad. I mean, I know most of the world's media, or certainly those based in the UK, predicted they'd win the the league. But they have done for the last twenty something years, haven't they? <laughs> I'm sure there was a season there where they acknowledged that either Man United or Arsenal would win the league. Um, talking of winning the league and and United rants predictions at the beginning of the season. Ed, you're looking ominously prescient in your depictions of how the league will play out. Yeah, and I take no pleasure in that whatsoever. Um, I, I'm desperately hoping I'll be wrong. I mean, Chelsea just look, look really strong at the moment. And United, we're not a bad side at all. Um, we just 
just sometimes just missing that little extra I think in against the big sides but that's been spoken about again and again and um, we we don't play any of the the top sides till the end of January now so the team has a chance to go on the 10 match winning streak and hey they might well do it anyway so we'll and see those... the we'll see the other side of Christmas exactly how strong we are there's those four magic words as well African Cup of Nations yeah, unfortunately, FIFA have lifted the ban while uh, Chelsea uh, take their case to the court of arbitration in sport. I mean, they'll probably lose that, but they've been given the opportunity now to go and spend a couple hundred million pounds on players, which is yeah. probably what they'll do. But, but they'll get it. There'll be some terrible mix-up, and they'll turn out they'll accidentally buy some Ghanaians by mistake. <laughs> they just can't resist. Just didn't see your passport there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, enough about talking about all these other teams. Um Oh no, wait a minute, we should probably talk about Tottenham Hotspur. 9-1, they beat Wigan. Poor old Roberto Martinez, who uh, we here on this podcast acknowledged as definitely getting Wigan to play the right way and probably going to have quite a good season, has not come to pass, has it? Yeah, they do play the right way. They, they, they do, yeah, they, that's they, true. Um, they apart pass the ball nicely, they just can't defend. That's it, they play the right way apart from the not conceding nine goals, that's quite important. Of course, uh, I think the last time uh, a uh, team scored nine in the Premier League was United, was it not, against Ipswich? I, I think Liverpool might have done it once, but we'll gloss over that to talk about that. Doesn't that really day. count. No, no, exactly. Um, and Andy probably... Cole scored five. I think Teddy Sheringham got some too. And he eyed up my girlfriend after the match, and I decided to let him off on the basis that he'd scored five. And I was only about 17. I was in a bar in Manchester. I was staying, I was working on a film, and... We stay- I was staying in this hotel by Manchester Airport called the Four Seasons Hotel, and they had a, this bar called Mulligans, which was like a kind of uh, Tom Cruise, sub-Tom Cruise cocktail bar, where they kind of, you know, do the spinning the stuff with the shakers, and, um, you know, kind of everyone's there from the, from, from the, the film crew, and then uh, just suddenly I, I look, do a little double take, because through the door, on his mobile phone, it must have been a fairly sizable mobile phone at that time, Paul Ince bursts in. I think Brian McClare was there. And uh, Andrew, as he was then, Andy Cole as well, uh, all all celebrating that, that famous victory. And, yeah, he, he eyed up my uh, then-girlfriend. Outrageous. I mean, if Andy Cole had scored five goals and eyed up my girlfriend, I'd let him chag her. <laughs> yeah, well. It's only right. It's only right. It is five goals, after all. It, well, that doesn't happen every now and again, does it? No. But, yeah, so... Um, fantastic stuff from from Spurs and um, it, the the battle for fourth place is genuinely uh, interesting this season at least because you've got to think at some point the Scousers will go on a run and get some points together at some point Manchester City will stop drawing every game and start winning a few mm. uh, again they could spend money in the in the window I mean it, it'll be a challenge for them to get the, the big name players again because it doesn't look like they're obviously challenging for the title so no. um, yeah, if they were in the top two you could see where the attraction might be for, for some top name players but because they're not they're, they'll bolster numbers but I don't think they'll they'll be spending £50 million on a player um, so talking of uh, teams that may struggle this season uh, we're going to go and play the managerless Portsmouth at the weekend well in fact there'll be two managerless teams because Fergie's uh, banned from uh, from the dugout and he'll be on the touchline so I was thinking of putting my name into the hat now, if someone needs a manager I'll, I'll do one or the other or both <laughs> you could manage both sides that'd be good 
It would be a football first. I think it should be allowed. Uh, Rankast <laughs> listeners, votes now. Rant for manager. <laughs> it could happen. Um, I, I was thinking, actually, I wonder if um, David Moyes has got some deal with, with the United board where they ensure he's always talked about in the media as a potential successor to Sir Alex Ferguson so long as they absolutely promise they'll never beat us, ever. It's, it's a, that's, a, that's a good idea. I think yeah. I think we should start calling him uh, Fergie's replacement TM and David Moyes. So I, actually, it, it, I don't believe it'll happen. Um, no, I, I think the United board will go for the, the the best, the biggest possible name replacement that's available at the time. I think profile is going to be absolutely key, isn't it? There, there's two ways it could go. One, it'll be an ex-United legend. I think that's very unlikely, actually. But it could be someone from inside the club. Um, if Kiara should still been the assistant manager, you know, someone with a slightly uh, obviously you can't see it really being Mike Phelan, but if it was a kind of Brian Kidd type figure in the number two spot you know, someone whose name was talked about a lot uh, then you, you could see them promoting the number two, but it's going to have to be it's going to be very difficult for them to make any decision that isn't a kind of significant big name decision, isn't it? Jose Mourinho, two words. I'm afraid it's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, I I like the chap because he's got a great personality and his arrogance is, you know, just funny. Um, and he gets teams to win, but they don't play very nice football, do they? No, but you wonder he might play some nicer football with the players at his disposal. Hey, listen, if he's got, if he can build a team around Darren Fletcher, they can play some serious Brazilian-style football. <laughs> Yes. Um, so what's what's the score going to be against um, the? And I, I hate to use this word about a Premiership professional football team, but hapless Portsmouth. Yeah, we'll probably lose. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I think a, a three 0 win at least at, at managerless Portsmouth uh, it will suffice. Uh, I mean, we've had some tricky games down on the the south coast, but I think that was when um, Harry Redknapp was in charge, and yeah, they they're just. Uh, they're, they're you know, prime candidates for relegation this season. Actually, uh, not to harp on about my um, my predictions, but I did put Paul Hart in the top three of uh, sackings this season. That's probably an obvious prediction, but yeah, there you go. I've got I've got one of those three right so far. It's it's not even really. I don't think you can even really lay much of the blame at Paul Hart's feet, can you? Because Harry basically bought the team, took them to Spurs, but like. You know, Wimbledon being bought out and moved to Milton Keynes, isn't it? I think seven of the nine goals were scored by ex-Pompey players at the weekend. Um, I, I would predict a 3-0 win, but I want to predict a 3-1 so I can um, say that I think the goal will be scored by Aruna Dindan, uh, just because I like saying the words Aruna Dindan. Okay. It's a great name. I... It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and also, I can't believe they're not singing Dindan merrily on high, especially with Christmas coming up. I uh, I think you need to get your coat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, listeners, thank you very much for joining us for another Rankcast. Uh, I suspect um, so long as the stars align correctly and all our internet still work, we'll be back next week for another one of these. What do you reckon? I, I think we will. I think we will. Uh, a couple of victories in the bag. Um, and since we're talking about the internet, um, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash United Rant. Also on Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Facebook. Also on Facebook, which is a rival to Facebook that we've set up to steal all of your personal details. Facebook.com forward slash United Rant. Uh, YouTube, YouTube.com forward slash United Rant. Probably any other social network you can think of. Dot com forward slash United Rant. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter as well if you want. Um, that's twitter.com slash 
peaceful pull. Uh, I have, however, must warn you that the football-related content really only happens when I'm actually sitting in front of the telly watching a match. And so, uh, and the peaceful bit is uh, also fictitious. You should see him after ten pints of Stella. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had a drink since 1999. I don't know how you can say that to me. Also, you should probably um, you should probably follow DB the Truth on Twitter, which is Darren Bent, who's Twitter feed I find relentlessly entertaining in a bizarre, shallow way. Do um, I want to go to Sunderland? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. And, uh, you know, I find it something charming about how excited he is to be at Sunderland. And on that note, listeners, good night. Good night.